0: Hello and welcome to everyone. It's so nice to see your faces. And welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. We're here for the Hope Story Circle today. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance. And I'm joined to facilitate today by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our Teaching Peace in Schools Council Lead. And we're also delighted today to have our guest join us, Victoria Moore, but I'm going to call you Vicky because that's how I know you. If you can unmute yourself and say hello. There we
1: go. Hi, everybody.
0: Hi, Vicky. And I go way back. Vicki and I toured as dancers. Don't say how many years. I won't say how many years. It's not worth it. It doesn't matter. But we were in Los Angeles and on tour with 42nd Street. And she was a far better dancer than I was, as her story will indicate. But um, it's great to see you here, Vicky. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. And you were a far better singer than I was. So <laughs> okay. there you go. We trade it off. It's fine.
0: <laughs> this is Beth. Hi, Beth. St. Welcome Paul. Well, Hi. I'm going to put you on mute because we've already begun. So, um, welcome everyone. We're going to start with a meditation from Yelena and then go straight into your story. Vicky, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: My Yelena. Oh, welcome everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And if you're listening this podcast. Good day for you all. Um, It's great to be here. And I just want to invite you actually into um, a moment that we're going to um, tap, tap into presence. Um, There is a beautiful acronym by Dr. Sam Himmelston that is actually called TAP. And the first Butter is tea, and what that invites us in is to take a breath, is to take a moment to just arrive into this moment, to take a moment for here and now. Perhaps by taking a moment is inviting some soothing breaths. Feeling your feet on earth, connecting with earth, noticing your hands, allowing your shoulders to drop. Taking a moment to perhaps sudden and soft and space between your eyes. Taking a moment to pause. The next letter in tap is A and that's to acknowledge. Acknowledge and allow what is present right now for you. Acknowledging your body. Noticing any tension you just want to release, allowing breaths to soften. Her feelings right in this moment. Next letter in tap is P, which means to proceed, to proceed. With kindness, genuine curiosity. But listening. So as we proceed to listen to Vicky share her story, if at any moment you need to tap back into your body, into your presence, just remember, take a breath, acknowledge and proceed. Yeah. Welcome everyone. Thank you practicing. Thank you for tapping into presence. Welcome, Wiki.
1: The title of my story is Purpose. 42 years ago, my world was turned upside down. At the age of 17, my father left us, leaving mom and I to survive on our own with no alimony and no child support. So mom dusted off and strapped on her tap shoes to keep a roof over our head and food in our fridge. It wasn't long though before teaching 30 tap classes a week would take a toll on her physically. And when her back went out, leaving her bedridden for months, there was no choice but for me to step in and take over all of her classes. And at that time, I held dance scholarships at the two top studios in Chicago. That all ended when I could no longer attend their required number of weekly classes. For months, my life was wake up extra early to finish homework, go to school, grab a quick snack, teach from 3.30 to 9 p.m., come home to do more homework, rinse and repeat. While I was in school, mom wrote out what she wanted me to teach that day. And while I was teaching, she was writing my school reports that were due. Loving writing as she did, she could not wait for me to come home and show her the grade she'd been given. I, on the other hand, was considered a drill sergeant by her TAP students. But to be fair, with all that I had on my plate between school, teaching, and taking care of mom and our household, I just did not have the patience for I can't do it from the students. I would tell them, look, she would not have me teaching you this if she didn't think you were capable of doing it. What do the letters T-A-P stand for? to which they would dutifully respond, tappers always practice. And with that, they knew mom was still the one teaching them. Little did I realize that though, that this tough time in my life would lay the foundation for what was to come. In 2008, I went back to the one thing I swore I would never do again, teach tap. That trying time when I was 17, not only left me burnt out, but also with a little PTSD about teaching. But thanks to that experience, I knew the quintessential way of teaching tap. The methodology my mother created utilized a progression in tap basics that produced a technically proficient tap dancer in record time. That is assuming the dancer followed the TAP rule. As I stepped back into dance, the dance teaching world, surprisingly, I found that this time I was enjoying it, that I was actually having fun. Mom, I had asked mom to send me a few few of her dances since choreography was not something I felt very confident about in the beginning. And to be completely honest, I was a bit intimidated having a mother who was such a prolific choreographer. As she sent me her handwritten dances, I found it necessary to type them up since her handwriting was difficult at best to read. But that in turn forced me to create a functional format for typing out choreography. As I typed up more and more pieces, Mom asked me to help her try and sell her choreographic creations, which then morphed into her writing a book about her teaching curriculum. In the end, I typed up around 300 pieces of choreography for her and for me, of course. It was a project that brought us even closer than we already were. Unfortunately, we were never able to find a publisher to take the manuscript on. By 2011, I broke into the dance convention world teaching master tap classes and judging dance competitions from coast to coast. Mom's book had stalled out and was relegated to collecting dust on a shelf in my bookcase. In 2017 though, a simple conversation over dinner was the impetus that breathed new life into her book. A week before that conversation, I had gone to a dance showcase that a friend was performing in. I found myself enthralled by a piece that included a disabled dancer. This beautiful dancer made me completely forget about the fact that she was in a wheelchair. All I saw was her and the way she transposed the story of the choreography onto her body that had limited accessibility. Post-show, I felt compelled to convey to her how her performance moved me. During our dinner, she mentioned how wonderful it must have been to perform in Broadway tours and to teach tap to so many all over the country. It suddenly struck me how exclusive tap dancing was. Sure, the disabled were included in contemporary, ballet, lyrical, and jazz, but they were completely excluded from tap because you need to stand to be able to balance and coordinate your feet and the weight shifts. I thought it was criminal that just because someone was disabled that they were never going to be able to create tap rhythms. Tap dancers are percussionists only with their feet. So I thought, what if we brought the tapping from the feet to the hands? And what if the wooden floor moved up onto a lap or a table? Then it wouldn't matter if you were able to stand or not. The next moment, I flashed on the Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor video of the two of them chair tapping. Again, no need for standing. I literally, literally felt an electronic charge of excitement race through my body at that very moment. I immediately called mom to see what she thought. Because of that one conversation with that disabled performer, TAP had suddenly been transformed from exclusive to inclusive. But how? How was I gonna make this happen? I would need some sort of glove or mitten and a a board of some kind. I sketched a prototype, but not being a very experienced sewing, very experienced at sewing, other than curtains and chair covers. I set out to find someone to make them for me. I tried my local cleaners that did alterations, my neighbor, even a retired wardrobe person from one of my Broadway tours, but no luck. So I called my sister-in-law to talk to her about this new venture. She is a highly experienced physical therapist that works with very young children and babies with disabilities. She was so excited explaining what a huge cognitive benefit this type of program could have for those with cerebral palsy, dementia, Alzheimer's, and even stroke victims. She couldn't help me with the sewing, but she did open my eyes to the incredible applications this class could have. After doing a little research, I found that she was 100% correct. I knew that this groundbreaking class needed to be shared. There are 1 billion disabled people on this planet. That is 1 billion people denied the joy of tap dancing. This is where mom's book got dusted off and repurposed. She was thrilled that her work had the chance at a new life. I thought the best way to cast the widest net was to focus on getting the book to the next generation of tap dance teachers, dance majors in college. Mom's book was about to morph into a way to teach new tap instructors how to increase their clients' income and their reputation as an inclusive dance teacher, one that sees the ability In someone's disability. I was on a mission now. I decided dance studio owners also needed this information. All the disabled needed to know is that they are welcome and that the studio is accessible for them. Disabled people's money spends just as well as non-disabled people's money. Then the unthinkable happened in 2018. Mom suddenly and unexpectedly died. My world came crashing down around me. She and I were beyond close, more than mother and daughter. She was my everything. I could not bring myself to continue working on the book without her. Though when COVID hit and we were all sitting around staring at our four walls, I decided it was time to get back to work, to life, and to something constructive. I took a deep breath and asked mom to stay close and guide me. I researched diseases and conditions. I interviewed professional integrated dancers. I even dragged out my sewing machine, its instruction manual, and all the material I had purchased for the for the gloves for someone else to make. I thought, I can figure this out. I can. Just do it, as the Nike ad goes. And like Michael Jordan says, anything you do 1,000 times, you will get good at. Well, it wasn't 1,000 gloves, but. 144 tap mittens later, I got pretty good at it. I made 18 pairs of each size, extra small, small, medium, and large. Acquiring a book publisher presented a whole other challenge. Each publisher had a different set of criteria and different ways in which they wanted the material submitted. This was yet another thing I had never done before. Every response I received though, was positive and encouraging. Eventually, McFarland Publishing was the one that had the space in their roster and saw how important inclusivity is not only for the disabled, but also for seniors battling losing their cognitive abilities. The morning I opened my email and saw the contract for the book, I felt a huge wave of emotion flow over me. I knew mom was with me. I looked up and said, we did it. After an intensive six months, I finished the manuscript, complete with photos, captions, and releases. After offering my input on the title and cover, McFarland ultimately had the final say. I call the program that I teach Tap for All. The title of the book McFarland and I settled on is Tap Dance for All, Adapting Instruction for Disability and Mobility Impairment. Purpose. Most of us are born not consciously knowing what our purpose is. Most of us have to find it through exploration, stepping out of our comfort zone, and challenging ourselves to take on the tough stuff. Purpose gives life meaning. When we discover our purpose, we can live our lives with intention and make choices that serve our objectives for why we are on this planet. It took me nearly 60 years to find my purpose. It wasn't easy, but by embracing life wholeheartedly and exploring many different pathways, I allowed myself to grow. Purpose evolves as we move through life. Who could have predicted that my purpose today would be so very different from my purpose of 40 years ago? One of the many things I've learned along the way is that you don't need anyone's permission to fulfill your purpose, and no one can tell you what that purpose is. It's a lifelong endeavor, so you might as well enjoy the ride. When I see the joy and beaming smiles from the seniors, disabled and non-disabled students I teach this class to, I know without a doubt I have found my purpose. And like a pebble tossed in a river, the ripple mom and I started will spread inclusivity throughout the dance world. The end.
0: Thank you, Vicki. I love your story.
2: Thank you.
0: Yelena, Liz, you wanna talk about an inquiry? Um, you want me to take it
3: Yelena? Okay, I'm going to try to say it as succinctly as we came to last night. Um, when we were when we were listening um, to Vicky's beautiful story, one of the things that um, really came to us is that idea of accessibility, right? That idea of accessibility and how important that is no matter what your field, no matter what your life is. And so, One of what we wanted you guys to think about, is there something like a passion you had burning in you that it either took you a long time to come to because you hadn't, it took you a while to find an accessibility point, right? Into the work you wanted to do. Or is there something you still have a burning passion for that you still haven't found that accessibility point into that you'd love to think about or talk about how you could create that or make that in the world, right? One of the things, um, yeah, one of the things that unites us all, I think, right? As this comes out is that idea of peace, right? We're, we're all con- connected with that idea of coming towards peace. and And I think what I love about your, your story, Vicki, is that idea that you're creating this beautiful change in the world that comes from what your natural gift was anyway, right? You had this accessibility point early, but it took you a while to figure out how you were going to use it for the rest of your life. So as we send you guys, Tara's gonna send you off into the small groups. And what we'd like you to think about is just that idea if you think about a passion that you either found accessibility points to or still would love to find an accessibility point to, that's what we'd like you to think about and talk about in your, uh, in
0: your rooms. Thank you, Liz.
3: Did you want to add anything, Yelena?
0: <laughs> I, I pasted some words into the chat too as a, as a helpful reminder from our talk yesterday. But as a reminder too, and for people who are new to our Hope Story Circle, we're going to go into small big breakout rooms and I will stop the recording at that time. But the purpose of the breakout rooms is to share your own stories based on that inquiry, based on that accessibility notion and idea of purpose and what you can tap into. So the, the, the room, that's the agreements we have for the breakout rooms are to speak from your heart and to listen with your heart to say just enough so that others will have a chance to share and if you don't feel compelled to share then to give the gift of listening and be there for the others in your group and keep confidentiality when we come back we're going to want to hear from you as to what's alive for you at that time what came out of your breakout session but if there's anything confidential said in those sessions there's no need to share with the big group because we'll have the recording back on. So we're going to go into breakout rooms we'll come back in a little more than 20 minutes and i'm going to pause the recording first welcome back everyone it's nice to see you again excited to hear about the breakout rooms and what was discussed what's alive for you anybody want to share you can unmute yourself and share Anyone?
2: Don't be
4: shy. I'll share. Okay. I had a delightful conversation with Lewis and Bonnie and uh, we kind of went all over the place, but uh, one of the things I wanted to share was Bonnie, a former tap dancer or tap dancer. Ah, so, wow. so there you go. I thought that was pretty cool and, and fun. And uh, I actually have to just talk about my uh, two other um, chat sharers and say that they're both so inspiring. I mean, Lewis is and i've been on chairs with him before he's 99 and i think every day he makes a huge contribution to the retirement community and he's probably the most popular man there <laughs> as far as i'm concerned and and bonnie has uh, had another amazing story so at the very end bonnie asks you know do you think you will still be making a contribution and i think i think we all agreed that You know, every day we make a contribution and, uh, and, and, and life, it's interesting how life turns out that kind of to catch the golden ring or the whispers or some person or some thing happens. And all of a sudden your life shifts, you just have to be open to it. I think.
0: Thank you, Judy. Mm -hmm. Who else would like to share? Anything come up for you, Carolyn?
5: Can you unmute yourself? Um, <clears throat> Vicki, thank you so much for your story. It's wonderful to hear you. And um, that word accessibility um, was, it just gave me chills because um, I'm, I'm a Franciscan and um, we tend to meet in fraternities, so in groups but because of COVID, we can't. And so we had to meet on this particular platform. And what it taught uh, me especially, I'll speak for me, is that we started seeing those who we hadn't seen in a long time because of uh, being homebound or not being able to come to fraternity. So there was accessibility issues And so now I've become a big proponent of um, getting those who are, um, who have accessibility issues to use their passions to come together um, to do grassroots peace activism, if you will. And um, so we're having meetings around that. So right now I'm a. Full-time caregiver, so I can't really go out and do stuff. But I can do this. And how can we use our passions and our talents and our gifts to come together, even though we're not mobile, if you will, to uh, get together face to face? We can still do something because we still have that passion and that that gift, those gifts within us. So that really. I love the, the, the tapping hands because it's, it's, it's prophetic creativity to me. And it's a new way of doing something that's been done. But how do you do it new? How do you breathe new life into it? And I think that's so beautiful. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to do. How do you breathe new life into being a writer? You know, David, who was in my group, he's also a writer. How do you breathe new life into poetry? You know, how can we then flood social media with this, with what I call peace rights, W-R-I-T-E-S, um, mm. instead of all of the negativity that you see on social media. So thank you, Vicky, for breathing new life into new and new ideas. It's, it's been wonderful. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Carolyn. Who else would like to share? Anyone? I just
3: want to say welcome to Bud, who's a familiar face. Yeah, nice to see I'm him good. towards the end of the call.
0: Yeah. Would anybody else like to share anything coming up for you from the breakout room? David, you're waving. Would you like to unmute yourself and speak?
6: I complain about, it should say, you can be heard or you cannot be heard. Mute, unmute, I get screwed up every time. Anyway, okay. we got to, we each have different talents. Um, I mean, I, I have a BA in English literature and I'm a poet, but I realized after being in prison, I could get a paying job going in and out of prison and helping inmates here in Baltimore. I did it for 33 years. Mm -hmm. And in terms of what talent I discovered because I had taken militant action, I could be a social worker and, and have a job. First with the city and then the state at the jail because I knew what it was like. I got to sleep in my own bed at night with my friend, Father Berrigan, he kept going in and out of jail with protests, maybe seven years worth of his life or more. And his wife, Liz McAllister. So our talents are revealed to ourselves in, in interesting ways and how We can only, I think, influence others depending on our talents. Why waste at 80, why waste my time with stuff I have no talent for? Mm. I mean, but the violence, nonviolence question does concern me because I really would like to have vengeance on the right wing and, and, sabotage them as much as possible so how to do it nonviolently? that's hmm. what are the tactics what are the best tactics what is the peace alliance tactic hmm.
0: I think many people have many different approaches and I, I think you're you're representative of of the great work that you've done in your life Thank you for sharing.
6: And Kyle Rittenhouse will be representative of the great work he has done in his life to all the militia of Wisconsin. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we
0: have time maybe for one more share. Does anybody have anything they'd like to share before we start to close our time together?
4: Well, I was just going to... Mentioned to Vicky that if she's ever looking for a tap dictionary, uh, Al Gilbert did put one out.
1: Yes, my mother had it. Yeah, she was a big, big proponent of Al Gilbert in the very beginning. She used a lot of his his uh, curriculum and stuff in the beginning. Cool.
0: Love Geraldine, you have your hand raised. I didn't see it before.
2: Did yeah, you want to- I'll, I'll be very brief because I know you need to
1: close out. Uh, thank you for uh, putting me in the room with Vicki. Uh, uh, my mom had a dance studio growing up and I was the assistant <laughs> teacher and so we had a lot in common. But now being more aware and doing work with the disability community, I have become more cognizant of uh, accessibility and I am just so thrilled uh, that Vicki has has come forth with the with this program. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and we need to get the word out to the disability community. So thank you so much. I'm so glad I was able to come this morning. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Geraldine. All right, well, I'm putting several links into the chat. Um, for people to check out, first of all, the link to our website with the Peace Alliance, it's peacealliance.org. Also, the link to our podcasts, all of our Hope Story Circles, and other calls that we have are podcasts at our Peace On podcast. It's also a link to the page about our Hope Story Circles, which is peacealliance.org/hope-story-circles, and a, a link to our Blueprint for Peace. That's a wonderful action that. Um, people can take to encourage our elected officials to support policies that relate to violence reduction and peace building. And also a link about our Department of Peacebuilding legislation, HR 1111 is in Congress and we support that as our main piece of legislation. We are a small nonprofit. There's a link to our donation page. We appreciate donations of any size, especially appreciate our monthly donors as our peace partners. And our calendar of events at peacealliance.org calendar, where you can find out information about all the calls and different activities that we have going on. I want to remind everyone here that our next call will be the second Saturday in December. We are not having another November call because it falls on the United States Thanksgiving weekend. So the next call will be the second second Saturday in December, and that'll be our only call in December because the fourth Saturday is Christmas Day. So in respect for those two holidays, we're not going to have Hope Story Circles on those weekends. Um, and that's all I have. So Liz, you wanna close this out?
3: Yeah, and I think I'm going to say something very different than what I intended to say as a closing, because I wanna address one thing that came up here. And, um, and I'm so thankful, Vicki, for your story So I I wanted to respond very specifically to something David brought up uh, because it tapped into very much, you you know, you talk so beautifully of your relationship with your mom and that was my relationship with my father. And um, my father, some of you know, was a a college professor in the sixties and a civil rights activist. He actually was fired from St. John's for unionizing the faculty. And then two things happened that I think made him take his passion and turn it differently, David, right? Where he didn't, maybe didn't end up on the path you did. Because when, when Martin and then Bobby were assassinated so closely, I remember my father holding me closely. And I think for him, what he saw in that moment was two fathers who didn't come home to their children. And in that moment, my father chose a different scale for his life, right? And so he was recruited heavily at some big universities. He chose a very small local college. And in that moment, he went from wanting to be Bobby to George Bailey, for those of you who have seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? He became the kindest, most good man on the world. I never heard my father say an unkind word about anyone. And I mean that like about anyone. And what my father trained me for was he said, the work that Martin left undone was to create the beloved community. And that's your job. That's what he said to a four-year-old Right here to create the beloved community. He raised me on the Barrigan brothers. So once you talked about the Berrigan brothers, right? I read the Barrington brothers probably when I was nine or 10 for the first time. And so, you know, to tie it in with what Vicki said, that, you know, sometimes it's, I think we all have our innate gifts and they may be connected to the legacies handed down to us. And I did become a teacher and followed in my father's footsteps and when I, I taught history just as he did to, to middle school and I was moved, when I would um, teach world history, right? When I'd get to the end, I'd have this, I'd have them set up these outlines. And at the very end, I'd say, what was the geography? What was the economy? But at the end, I would say, what did this particular um, uh, group of people, right? The Romans, the Greeks, what did they create? And what did they destroy? And that was a deep discussion we had, David. So what I always want to focus on is I'm not, you know, what I'm more interested in is creating. And I think that's part of what we're trying to do here at the Peace Alliance. What is it we want to create? It's, there are so many people out in the world who are working to destroy things. And I think, Sometimes creation in and out of itself, whether you're creating tap, whether you're creating an organization, whether you're, cre- I think just that power of creation shifts us into the more powerful place of the beloved community and where we want to be. So what I want to offer you is to tap, right? We're only going to see each other once, right? In the next couple of um, Tap into whatever is your passion right now and think just like Vicki did, what can I create with this? And uh, that's what I would like to offer you all.
0: Thank you, Liz. Thank you, everyone. Feel free to unmute yourself to say goodbye. Bye. Bye,
5: Bye
0: Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Thank you so you much
1: for your story. Here. Yeah, and for everyone. Thank you, for
4: hey. you hope Frank you're writing a book. I hope you're writing a book. That's a book.
1: It's, it's being published right now. Good. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so
0: much, everyone. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Yep.
1: Bye. Thank
0: uh, you, everyone. Bye. all good. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.